0: This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest ATP Tennis Radio Podcast... I'm Seb Lozier and, well, it is not the podcast that we were all expecting it to be this time last week. And that, of course, is because coronavirus has regrettably taken hold and, among many other things, global sport has ground to a halt and, with it, the ATP Tour. Initially, after last week's podcast on Sunday, the Indian Wells tournament was cancelled and then on Thursday, the 12th of March, the ATP released a statement confirming that the tour had been suspended for six weeks due to public health and safety issues over COVID-19. That is all tour and challenger events scheduled up to and including the week of April the 20th, which means that in addition to the BNP Paribas Open in Indian Wells, six more tour events are also not happening in Miami, Houston, Marrakesh, Monte Carlo, Barcelona and Budapest. In that same statement, ATP chairman Andrea Gaudenzi said that this is, and I quote, not a decision that was taken lightly and it represents a great loss for our tournaments, players and fans worldwide. However, we believe this is the responsible action needed at this time in order to protect the health and safety of our players, staff, the wider tennis community and general public health in the face of this global pandemic. So, what of the players right now? Rafa Nadal was the first to tweet in regret, but also support of the decision. Meanwhile, we've seen video evidence of Juan Martin Del Potro, the great Argentine, back in training. We've also seen Kei Nishikori pictured back out on court with one of his coaches, Michael Chang. Andy Murray was due to be back in Miami. They'll all now be mixing practice with the chance to rest and recharge, no doubt. And in a way, we're going to do the same, because rather than bring you the latest action from Indian Wells, we're hunkering down in the camps of Marin Cilic, the former world number three, fighting his way back to full fitness. And we also hear from 20-year-old Denis Shapovalov, he of the wonder backhand, who at 16 in the world is currently the top-ranked Canadian. But before we get into all of that, let's at least get a little bit of action and cast our memories back a year to the 2019 Indian Wells final and what a final it was between Roger Federer and Dominic Thiem. Gigi Salmon has the commentary.
2: Federer in position, twisting, twisting, twisting that racket as he sways from side to side, then he's inside the baseline, plays the backhand, defeated, feet and it's a winner! Off the serve, a Federer backhand winner, takes the point in the game and he leads 5-3. Set point number two. Reaches up and serves. Good serve. Block back. Drifts long, and there it is. 35 minutes play, Roger Federer a set away from title number six in Indian Wells, closing it out against Dominic Team by six games to three. Federer with the inside in into the corner, forehand comes back and it sits up high, inside out goes Federer, slice cross court from Thiem, oh into the net from Roger Federer, he was coming in off the inside out forehand, fist pump in the Austrian, Federer is broken and it's 3-1 team. Reaches up and serves into the body, it's blocked back on the backhand and it's long, and that is the first team has taken off Roger Federer on a hard it's the first set that Roger Federer has dropped this championships, and it means we are going all the way. We're going to a decider. Second set, Dominic Team 6-3. Team is behind the Indian well sign, and he remains there for these big off forehands, two in a row. Then plays the backhand from the same place. He's so far back, and he goes inside it. Oh, lovely angle found, floats across the net from Federer, draws Team in. Team plays the backhand volley. Can he pass in Federer? No, he can't. What a point from Dominic Team. Defence into attack and wins the point. Federer puts the inside in into the middle of the court and then goes drop shot. Here comes team. He makes it. He scoops cross court and he gets it. Nailed it, Dominic. Team came into the drop shot, scoops it cross court, boxer on their feet and it's 30 all Championship point. Serves down the team. The backhand through the throat to the court from Federer. Big heavy forehand from team. Team goes inside out with the forehand. Federer flicks that backhand cross court. The backhand from team inside in into the net goes Federer. Pitch it one for Dominic Team. He has flattened his back, he cannot believe it. He has won the biggest title of his career, beating the five-time champion Roger Federer in the process. And he will be the new world number four. A shade over two hours, two hours and two minutes. Dominic Team is the champion in Indian Wells. Three, six, six, three, seven, five.
1: So no joy for Roger Federer. But 14 days later, it was a different story in Miami.
2: 30-40, championship point number two for Roger Federer, the three-time champion on the serve of John Isner. Isner serves out wide, blocked back, short ball. Isner scoops up the backhand and retreats to the baseline. Isner with a double-handed backhand to the single-handed cross court from Federer. Federer doesn't, can't play the forehand. He's going for the challenge. He's looking at the line. It could be all over. But he turns his back to the line. Hawkeye on championship points as the ball won out and it is game 7 championship for Roger Federer a straight sets victory over John Isner for Masters title number 28 for Miami title number 4 and he's done it in Difficult circumstances, but he's beaten the defending champion John Isner, who is clearly injured towards the back end. But it's all about Roger Federer now, who raises his arms aloft. He's the winner, he's the champion in Miami, 6 1 6 4.
1: And it wasn't long before the third Masters 1000 of 2019 and the first on clay in Monte Carlo, where we had a surprise lineup in the final
2: break point for the Italian, goes down the line with the forehand, he approaches, the lob is up, he smashes away, and Lauvic gets it back, the volley is there for Fannini, here comes Lavich, he gets it, here comes Fannini, he cannot get it! Stunning point from Dusan Lauvic in the end to win it! Well, he's just produced a miracle, Lavich. Fannini serves out wide, it's a miss it and it's done, the biggest title of his career, Fabio Fannini is smiling from ear to ear, comes the first italian to win a masters title since the series began and he rises to a career high number 12 and he's done it in straight sets no form to speak of coming into this tournament fabio fanini is a masters champion he's the rolex monte carlo masters winner for 2019 and he's done it in an hour and 38 minutes and straight sets 6-3-6-4
1: no rafael nadal in the monte carlo final For the first time in four years, and things didn't go to plan for the Spaniard at home in Barcelona either. Commentary from Rupert Bell: Nadal in unknown territory, having to defend match points. A good serve, got back. Team has a chance here. He puts it away. (laughs) So good, brilliant from Dominic. Team King Rafa has been dethroned in Barcelona in the semi-finals with a world-class display by the Austrian. An epic performance, a coming-of-age performance. He's beaten Rafa in his backyard. He has almost humiliated him. What a performance. Nadal had no answer. 6-4, 6-4. The final was instead contested by Dominic Thiem and Daniel Medvedev. This for the title in
0: Barcelona for the Austrian. He serves out wide. The return does come back to his forehand. He goes into the backhand wing. He's on the approach. And now with a forehand volley, puts it away to claim the title. A great win at the end of a great week for Dominic. Team, What a way to follow up yesterday's stunning success against Nadal. A nice embrace from the two. Medvedev acknowledging the quality of the Austrian that came through. And he underlines again his great credentials on the clay to do even greater things in the future, no doubt. Maybe the very near future. He's taken this and taken it right away from the Russian. 6-4,
1: six 6-love. Six and that is the point in the season where, as things stand, this season's tennis will get back underway with the two 250s in Munich and Estoril just before the fourth Masters of the year in Madrid. If this year's tennis is halted temporarily, the race to the season-ending NITO ATP finals will still have eight winners, It'll be the 12th and final time the event will be staged at London's 02 before moving on to Turin. And here is Gabriel Clark with an ATP Tour Uncovered
0: roundup of how things stand so far. First in the race to London is Serbia's Novak Djokovic. The man with the Midas touch has beaten all in his path this season for love of country at the ATP Cup. Majestic in Melbourne. The Djokovic dynasty down under
1: is still intact.
0: And supreme in Dubai.
1: Djokovic
0: does it again in Dubai. The five-time NITO ATP finals champion and world number one is out in front. Second in the race is Dominic Thiem, a finalist last year in London. The Austrian also reached the final of the Australian Open where he was beaten by Djokovic. The 26-year-old then reached the quarterfinals in Rio. And he will be looking to star again in London. In third spot is Gael Monfils, a winner on home soil in Montpellier. He added to his 2020 tally by defending his title in Rotterdam. Yeah,
1: magnificent Monfils!
0: Rafa Nadal is fourth, losing out in the final of the ATP Cup to Novak. The Spaniard went on to reach the quarterfinals in Melbourne. Before completing an Acapulco hat-trick of titles, this would be his 10th appearance at the season-ending finale. But in a glittering career, he's yet to lift the trophy. Russia's Andrei Rublev is fifth in the race to London. The 22-year-old began his season by claiming the third title of his career in Doha. The perfect start
1: for Andrei
0: Rublev and continued his hot streak, lifting the trophy in Adelaide. In sixth is Christian Garin. The sun has shone on the Chilean in 2020. He won the title at the Cordoba Open in Argentina. And his standout season continued with back-to-back titles in Rio. And Christian Garin's
1: remarkable run on clay continues.
0: The 2018 NITO ATP Finals champion is seventh in the race to London. Alexander Zverev reached the semi-finals at the Australian Open and was a semi-finalist in London last November. And he is delighted
1: with his evening's work, quite rightly so.
0: The reigning NITO ATP Finals champion, Stefanos Tsitsipas, fills the eighth and last spot at present, the 21-year-old one in Marseille. And will be desperate to defend his title in front of his fans come November.
1: Stefanos Tsitsipas is champion.
0: Just outside the top eight are a host of stars, including the six-time NITO ATP Finals champion, Roger Federer. The race is on, the world's finest, London's final time. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and atptour.com. Currently outside the top
1: 50 in the race, but knocking on the door of the world's top 15 is one of the finest and most exciting young players to have broken through in the past few years. Denis Shapovalov.
2: Oh, what a pick-up line from Shapovalov! At the service line, off balance... And he nailed the half-volley into
1: the open court!
3: Ever since that day when I was on the court, I couldn't, couldn't imagine getting off it. You know, I wanted to spend my full days just, just playing, hitting the ball, and uh, yeah, I love it. The way I started tennis, I think first of all it goes from my family, from my mom. Uh, she played tennis when she was growing up in, in the Soviet Union. She was a pro player around 300, 400 in the world. And so naturally, I mean, tennis was in the family. She was coaching at a club in Canada, in Toronto. And my brother was playing. He's three years older. I was really looking up to him. I really wanted to be like him. Um, so when working with my mom, I was always try to kind of run on the court, disturb, try to hit the balls. And for the first little time, it was fine because I was swinging and missing. Soon after, I kind of started disturbing the practice too much. And my mom said, okay, now it's about time to, for, you, for you to start if you want. And uh, I was about five years old when, when I first picked up the racket. It takes I think it takes everything you have. I mean, growing up, I wasn't a normal kid, I felt, because all my friends after school, they were going. They were going to the park. They were going to, you know, watch movies, hang out, do stuff together. And for me, it was always like right after school, I would rush to get back so I can eat in the car while I'm going to practice. And you know, it's it's tough sometimes when when you're young and you don't know exactly how good you are and you don't know what the future is. You know, so sometimes you can get lost. And also, I think. My my parents, my whole team, they put in so much effort because, I mean, we came from our own way, we didn't get any support, so we had to put in all the effort, all the money, everything, you know. So my mom, she opened up a tennis club to help, help support my travels, help support, you know, my team, my coaches, everything. It really took everything they had and there was a lot of times where we were questioning what we should do because we got to a certain point where I was traveling, and we couldn't afford to go any longer into, you know, into more tournaments. So it, it was really tough. But uh, I always believed in myself, and my family always believed in me that I can become who I am today. And that being said, I mean, you know, I remember waking up five, six a.m. to go on, on court before school. I remember, you know. 10, 11 at night training, just just trying to get better every day, improving something, you know, crying on the court, and just just putting everything you have. So I mean, it's it's a really crazy journey that I've been to, and I'm really proud of where I've where I've gone in my career, and I hope that you know I could just keep keep staying that same person that I am, believing in myself, and and putting the hours in, putting the work in, and just. Not not only to myself, but to my family and to everyone around me, because they really put in, you know, so much so much hard blood, sweat, and tears into it. And uh, you know, for that, I'm always going to be always going to be thankful. Honestly, I mean, tennis is a huge part of my life. I don't know who or what I would be without it. Um, when I wake up, my only purpose is to get better, to improve something on the court every day. I'm trying to to learn and grow as a player, as a person so i just want to to enjoy first of all all the all the hard work and sacrifice that everyone you know everyone took and and did for for me to make it to where i am today so first of all i just want to enjoy where i am in in my career right now and not worry you know what i'm going to do tomorrow if if i don't win this match and stuff like this just having fun out there and, and showing the world my game but also i think use my game to inspire more stories and and more kids that are going their own separate ways that you know that aren't supported as well and and know that it's possible to do it on your own if if you truly believe it if you truly work hard enough that that it's possible to to make it as a player and especially in Canada because a couple years ago people were looking at Canadians like it's an easy draw there's there's not many players in Canada especially on the junior tour and now it's it's changed so much so hopefully you can it could just inspire the, the young the young generation of canada to, to pick up rackets and and believe that they can become tennis players you know living and training in canada
1: and you can read more on that with dennis Shapovalov on the atptour.com website
0: on itunes spotify tune in and atptour.com this is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. One man who's
1: been floored by injury several times over the past 18 months, only to get back up and fight his way back, is giant Croat Marin Cilic. That resilience is in no small part down to his fitness trainer, Slaven Hervoy, who's been tasked with keeping the former US Open champion fit and healthy. It's been an encouraging start to 2020 for Cilic, with good performances at the ATP Cup, around a 16 loss to Milos Raonic at the Australian Open and a couple of close defeats to Shapovalov and Benoit Paire in Marseille and Dubai. So when Jill Krabus met up with Slaven, she got straight down to business and asked him the secrets of that fitness regime.
4: I'm not sure if I can like, put it in a sentence, but... Uh... For the big guys that play like shorter points, let's say the the speed and, and the power is definitely more important, let's say, uh, so everything I do, I do it. With speed in mind, with uh, with the, with the movement on the court in mind, uh, I wanna I wanna I want them to move better, let's say. So yeah, everything I do evolves around around that because I think it's the it's the ability, motoric ability that that will give you improve your quality, let's say, as a player. Because uh, on the other hand, if you if you take endurance, it's gonna give you the ability. To show what you have, what you what you know, what you what you can for a longer period of time, but it's not gonna, uh, let's say, increase your chances of winning a point against the top guys. You know, uh, if you if you if you put it down to a one point, you know. So yeah, I think it's the most important thing uh, for a tennis player and and, and for most of the uh, sport games, it's it's the most important ability. So
5: so is it more like quick? footworks, drills, and... It's,
4: uh, th- yeah, I mean, the the strength is also a very big part of it, power, explosiveness, and then transition to, to speed workouts, agility workouts, plyometric workouts. So, yeah, but definitely uh, without the strength and power... It's tough to make big changes, you know, big improvements. That's what that's what I feel, you know. So yeah, the definitely strength and power as a as a base is there for for me for, for my guys uh, for fifty two weeks per year.
5: And and something like you've been on the tour now for a while. What yeah. what year did you start?
4: Uh, I started working in tennis uh, two thousand one, but uh, then I started uh, traveling around two thousand four. That was mainly smaller tournaments, uh, and then on this level, ATP level, I started with uh, Ivo Karlovic in 2009. So it's 10 years now on this level. But I've I've passed like uh, from junior tournaments, futures, right. challengers, ATP, WTA. I, I I did all of it. So
5: so a co- so a couple of things. S- since you've been on the tour for a long time, you've obviously also seen how the game has changed quite a bit throughout the years. Has that Um, initially forced you to change how you go about your fitness routines with Cilic and Karlovich?
4: I don't know maybe maybe the biggest change uh, is uh, actually an adaptation to to this calendar you know and and then I remember when I when I started with Ivo he asked me like uh, how much I can travel with him that he would like me to to travel more you know and because it's important for him to to be there for me to be there on the tournaments uh, and uh, actually i think he said it's, it's more important you know and i was like it's it's not more important you know because in tournaments i cannot do i cannot do much you know it's it's, it's much more important you know for the off seasons and in the periods in between tournaments and and then i started traveling and uh, actually when you when you take into account the time we spent on the tournaments and then you see it's actually uh, 80% of the time then then it really is you know the things you do here even though it's not much it makes a big difference you know uh, if you're going to wait for the off seasons it's not going to last long you know the the the, the games you make uh, in the in, in those periods it's, it's just it's just not going to last so in that in that case you 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 really need to need to do your stuff uh, throughout the whole year of course i mean uh, if a player loses early okay you're gonna get a few more like stronger harder workouts if they go you know longer if they stay long in the tournament then it's okay you lose here you gain some points you gain gain, gain something else so I like to think of it as a win-win situation, you know, just to, you gain something whichever way you look. Uh, definitely, uh, I think it's definitely important, you know, to to train, to whatever you do, to do it for the, for 52 weeks per year. So that's maybe something that, that I, with with these years of, years of experience, I changed the most. I, I, I tend to do a, Let's say a lot of work, m- much more work today during tournaments than than before.
5: So that's changed quite a bit. And and I know I know you know a lot of players are they want to peak at the slams and at 1,000 master events. So are there like maybe two or three weeks beforehand you go hard and then maybe the week before leading up to
4: yeah the that's thousand what they, or slams? That's what they taught me. Uh, to teaching me uh, teaching me in college but uh, I'm not really sure if it works and if it works in tennis.
5: How so? Uh, what do you
4: mean? Because of the calendar, because of the knockout system uh, that you have, you're not competing against against the stopwatch. Your, your personal best doesn't guarantee you the best result. You know, there's still a draw, you know, so you can have a tough one, you know, you can. it's not going to... Uh, it's it, it's not gonna guarantee you the best result and uh, and as I said because of they were teaching me in college you know like like uh, they they would teach you uh, you have to have like preparation tournaments you know like tournaments that doesn't matter and and reality is uh, none of my players that I was working with they don't like to lose. They don't like to lose. to uh, It doesn't. It doesn't do them any good with the confidence thing. So I'm not really sure what to tell you about. Peaking, so they're just they're just trying know? to
5: peak for every tournament. Uh, well.
4: <laughs> almost. Yeah. Almost. Of course, uh, uh, they're usually not playing. You know, the 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 week before a Grand Slam. You know, if they are hoping to to do good in the Grand Slams, for example, uh, even once uh, once twice actually. Uh, he was winning uh, Nottingham uh, tournament uh, like right before Wimbledon. He would win it two two years in a row consecutively, and then he would lose the first round in Wimbledon. You know, then he stopped, and then the next year he played quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Like uh, that's something that I would I would recommend, let's say, and I, and I think most of the players are doing it. Right. The top players that 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 have the right to hope you know they can they can stay long in the in a grand slam they usually they usually skip that week and they 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 prepare they they adapt to the conditions on the tournament because that's a big thing in tennis uh, uh, that i didn't know when i started because my background isn't in tennis i was in track so uh, so i had to learn all that you know the the balls, the core surfaces, the I don't know everything. The humidity, everything is uh, everything is a factor here. So, so, do
5: you adjust any sort of fitness to those all those different factors? Uh,
4: the biggest factor is of course the surface. Is it hard or is it clay? So that's uh, probably the biggest surf, uh, biggest factor, and uh, we we tend to do a little bit different trainings in terms of that. Uh, for example, with the we you we mentioned balls, I know for example in Wimbledon heavy balls and a lot of players have arm issues, you know shoulder elbow, stuff like that so it it happens a lot so so yeah in in the coming to Wimbledon, we're gonna do some more strength work on those areas so maybe but that's not a it's not a big thing that's like I I don't know a couple of sets in a workout it's not a it's not a something major.
5: And I know, um, with Chilich and, and Karlovic, they've had a few injuries here and there, but yeah. overall really longe- longevity yeah. on the tour. What, what, like what specifically would you focus on, you know, because they've had such Long great lengths careers. of career. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. I focus on, uh, as I said before, I think it seems to, uh, revolve around it. Uh, it's, uh, It's something I personally feel you should play with the loads you know with the with the volume with the intensity but I don't think you should players should uh, should have like totally different uh, workout regimen you know uh, for the off weeks and for the tournament weeks you know they're like uh, sometimes the players are scared you know like when they come to the tournament they're sometimes scared to to continue with some tougher exercises, you know, or actually the the loads, you know. They they're decreasing everything, you know. They're they're avoiding some things, you know. They don't want to, I don't want, they don't want to jump sometimes. They don't want to uh, lift something because they're too afraid, you know. It's gonna mess up their form for for the for the particular tournament. But uh, me personally, what I do what i do in the off season i'm going to try to continue doing it for 52 weeks per year it's, so it's uh, more about the consistency uh, yeah. instead of the
5: extremes of yeah because
4: i i mean if you if you stop doing something then uh, when you, when you start again you're at risk but if you are doing it before then i don't think there's there's uh, there should be any fear you know of continuing because i don't know it's uh, Everything is a risk. Let's say uh, sliding when you when you come from the hard courts, you know, sliding on the clay court is a risk. But it's a risk if you if you didn't do it before, if you didn't do it gradually, you know, then it's a risk uh, for the player. If you were doing it, you know, then and it, and and uh, and how you get there, how you get to to some, how you get to the intensity, you know, how you get to something stressful is actually more important than like i don't know how to say like the path to it is uh, is really important you know you cannot just stop doing it you know like from from 0% to 100% that's the problem and so th- sometimes so i feel that, that players are doing it you know because they would i don't know lift weights in the off season then they would they would not right. do it for 11 months
5: right so that's interesting because so that brings up a good point about changing surfaces, right? Because yeah. you're not going to play on clay yeah. the whole year. Yeah. But do you still work on clay type movements yeah. throughout yeah. the entire calendar year? Uh, no,
4: no, 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 that no. Because <laughs>
5: that's not a movement that you're going to do the whole yeah, year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So but, but
4: definitely that uh, uh, that's why I like to have uh, a little bit more time. When you, when you change right. the surface. I don't, I don't like changing uh, from, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, like one day to another, you know, or, or a week. I, I think uh, definitely two, three weeks is, uh, you need two, three weeks to, mm. to adapt to different, different stress of the surface.
5: So, so that's part of the reason why maybe they don't play. You don't play the week before a slam to get used to all the different movements of the different surfaces.
4: Yeah, but I mean, when you uh, when you play, I don't know, uh, on hard courts, or even after even after Wimbledon, you're gonna play on hard courts, and then again, you have the Australia. You're not gonna have clay for for a long time. So, but probably uh, they needed more to adapt their game, you know, to the. To, the, to all those conditions, not, 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 not so much physically. Yeah, that's what I feel. Okay,
5: <laughs> and, and just one more question. I just wanted to ask you because, you know, the game keeps getting better and better, yeah. and it seems I've had uh, other fitness traders say it's all about strength. You know, the game's just getting stronger and stronger. I've had other fitness trainers say it's all about flexibility with the way these guys are able to slide on the court and be a, a lot more loose and limber. Um what's your take on that and where do you see uh, speed. the fi- speed
4: speed definitely I don't know I don't know any game do you want uh, soccer basketball uh, tennis uh, uh, whatever even if uh, martial arts sport you you're going to you're going to hear a, a fighter say uh, the guys unbelievably quick it's uh, it's if you can do something quicker get to the ball ball faster hit harder. It's uh, It's something that that increases your quality, you know as a as a player and uh, But strength is definitely in the background, but you're not doing it for showing off in the gym, you know, you're doing it to to be better mover on the court you know so i think and and you can you can hear all the players you know like uh ah, when i play when i move good i play good it's uh, it's almost a mantra you know for for all of them and uh, and, I, and i feel it is like that you know so so yeah i would i would definitely put it on the top spot of the priorities for the players i mean you have uh, uh, Donovan Bailey, a Canadian sprinter, you know, who was at, at one point uh, he was a world record 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 holder, and uh, he started sprinting uh, when he was 24. Uh, it's uh, he was a he was working, I think, as a stockbroker or something like that. He he had totally com- diff- different job. Uh, Usain Bolt was playing cricket cricket in high school. They they told him you're quick, go run. So they were born quick Gaël was quick i'm sure from uh, from the from the day one when he stepped on the court so definitely uh i don't think players should you know like uh, watch Gaël what he's doing you know and uh, the, whatever he's doing i have to do it also you know uh, to be as quick as him so definitely different things and i the, and it's it's normal i guess you know when you see Players that are doing really good you wanna you wanna you want to copy you wanna you want to do whatever whatever they want so uh, But there's I guess there's us uh, Who needs to do all the explaining? (laughs) to the players yeah,
5: so it's about to I- the individual you take each player individually and focus on their weaknesses what yep. they need to work on and their strengths what they need to
4: Yeah, keep yeah.
5: keep getting stronger at
4: yeah, of course. I mean uh, you you do all the you do all the testing Yeah, but if, if I would have to single out an ability that would be that would be it of course if I mean if you have a player that Cannot last for three sets. Of course, you're gonna You're gonna you're gonna work on that in collaboration with uh, with the tennis coach because definitely the fine tuning of the uh, players form has to be on the tennis court because everything else we are doing off the tennis court is not as specific so uh, you cannot prepare them perfectly you know in the gym or on the track without the tennis court so uh, it's 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 about collaboration of course
1: That is it for this week. Join us again next week when we will have more updates on the ever-evolving situation around coronavirus and tennis. In the meantime, don't forget you can read all the latest news and a barrage of features at the moment with the game's top players on atptour.com. You can ask your smart speaker for our daily news and you can head to the ATP Tennis Radio Exclusives channel on TuneIn where you'll find, among others, recent interviews with Gail Monfils, that was a cracker, and that now famous exchange with the mother of Stefanos Tsitsipas after she gatecrashed one of his press conferences. I'm Seb Lozier. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Stay healthy. We'll see you next week.
0: If you like this podcast, please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. Review, review.